All right, since I don't have enough projects <laughs> and don't have plenty of, more, more Heidi -like oh my gosh, I'm taking on n different projects. This hey, but we came out with a pink elephant yesterday and that we haven't had pink elephant in a while, so I'm almost consistent. Yeah, and then sometimes I just go blank and I just don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, I don't know, and then then end up don't doing anything. So anyway, since we don't have enough, but somebody suggested this. And it was an awesome suggestion. I was like, you know what? Yep. Because we, as I just said in the, in the, uh, we did a Psalms. See, I'm, oh man, I'm so on it this week. And I'm almost ready for church on Sunday. And it's Friday. I'm kind of freaking out. So anyway, somebody suggested since it's been real political around here that we do. Do you think so? They're like, click, turn off, <laughs> dislike. Brandon talks about something. Man, I'm not. Nope. nope I'm going to not going to make this about that. Not going to. I'm just going to read what it says and tell you what it says. I'm not going to say anything about that. But somebody suggested this and I'm like, you know what? This is great. And then I've actually had people come too, and they're like, you know, you're saying things and it sounds right, but I don't really know how to biblically defend it. So, like, Romans is a great book, and that's what we're going to be doing, is Romans, because this is one of um, the most theologically full letters that we have, and we have to remember a couple things here, is this was, this was a letter from Paul to the Roman church, which it was a... Um, it was already, he himself did not plan it. It was already established and it was grown and it was going pretty good. While by the time that Paul wrote this, he wrote this in about 57 AD. And this is important because this would have been the time under the Emperor Nero, who the Emperor Nero was a really, 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 really bad guy. And he really, really hated Jews and Christians, mostly Christians. And he killed many, many Christians and in just the most brutal ways. And you have to keep that in mind when you're reading this letter. Because this is Paul's mindset. And the other thing that's really neat is on Sunday in our Sunday home church, we're going through the book of... First Corinthians. Paul wrote Romans from Corinth, most likely from Corinth, just based off of the dating. That's where he would have been. So while he was dealing with the Corinth church and growing that and, and attempting to mature them, which if you were with us on Sunday, you know, it, it didn't go so well the first time. Um, but he's there and. He, he's in a real righty mood, you can tell. And he just blasts this letter to the Romans because he wants to, ultimately, he wants to set up a base there so he doesn't have as far to travel to Spain because he wants to take the gospel to Spain. But he wanted to, he wanted to ultimately set up a, um, a home church base in Rome. So... He writes to the Romans just to kind of unite the Jewish believers and the Gentile believers and 
kind of just gives us just this huge overview of like God's wrath on unbelievers and he just goes like crazy on it. Um, but it gets very, very, he himself gets very, very political minded in it and how we deal with the world and how Christians and how these things are supposed to operate. And it, that makes it extremely applicable to us today. Because this is one of those timeless things that Paul's not just speaking about one place at one time here. There are certain cultural issues that will come up and we'll speak about them. And that's the reason why I give you so much background on it is because that's how you have to read this book. You have to know and understand what's going on in the background in what Paul is saying in a couple things. That way you know these things and this is how you can tell what applies and what doesn't apply. And also with the mindset of remembering that you are reading something that was not written directly to you. It was written to the church which you are part of this church. But it goes to the principle, you know, talking to the whole school reference that I always give. So... Right, but then, you know, they would bring you before the whole auditorium and everybody was in trouble. And it was only, like, three people that did it. <laughs> Heck, I remember that it happened at work, like, 10, 12 years ago. When you were the one in trouble, didn't No, 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 I didn't. I didn't do nothing. It was all, no, it wasn't. It was It was all the corporate sales guys. You know exactly what that was. It was all the corporate sales. It was not me. And I remember just sitting there going, well, I'm in trouble for this, but I didn't do nothing. And it was them and, oh, but they're mad. And I'm like, that's the exact same way here. It's like you get that kind of, um, you have to keep that in mind. But I think Paul speaks straight to us, straight to our culture here in many different ways and the way that the world is around us and if we look at this time period I posted something um, the other day it was a couple weeks ago I guess on our home church page but it was the archaeological finds the city in Israel it was just this extremely technologically advanced city. It was the New York City of its day. They realized, I mean, y- you would not believe the, th- the, s- the similarities that we have. You know, and I was talking about this last night with Christ, too, during when Jesus came in to this, this time period of when the, you know, the temple was in a completely corrupt state. They were completely married with church and state, so to speak. You know, they had this this whole corrupt system that was that was being taxed by both the Romans and and the Jews. They were taxing the crud out of the people. They were oppressing them. They were. It was very very comparable to what we see today. <laughs> And, um, you know, Jesus' reaction to such, and, you know, that's that's why he definitely made the separation of 
give to Caesar what's Caesar's and give to God what's God's. There's a huge, but people misinterpret that meaning. And they don't, I mean, they don't split the two, you know. Yes, acknowledgement. Yep, this is Caesar's and this is God's, but we follow God. This whole Caesar thing is just a, this little motion that we have to go through, that we have to practice until we're done. We have to, okay, obey, behave. But we're only going through this motion. And God in Christ is who we put our focus on. We're going to do this in the New Living Translation. And I was warring with myself beforehand about what what translation I was going to use. Romans, to me, is so important to do in the ESV just because of the wording and uh, just so many different things. I won't go into it all here, but... Um, for study and for and for even teaching on, like I really wanted to do the ESV, but then I had this pop in my head that like you know what I think the NLT read it doesn't take away anything from the text, um, and it doesn't you know it doesn't harm anything doctrinally or anything like that, but I think for people that are looking to just kind of understand how this applies and where this applies. I think the NLT does a a good job of separating that and in helping people with their thought process along with that. So that's why we decided to use it. And I and I again I like it. I do. I it's not that I don't like the NLT. Well, maybe there might be certain things that in ESV you want right. to pull out. And normally, it, well, and see, yeah, just like I said, I think this is just more of a pride issue. Normally, to me, teaching out of Romans, I would have to go to ESV. The fact that I'm going to NLT, I'm like. <laughs> Okay, I did just realize that my microphone apparently wasn't picking up the whole time we were recording. So if in the past 10 minutes, if Brandon said stuff and then there was an awkward silence, it's because I was responding and we didn't know it. <laughs> so anyways, the point I was trying to tell was that we, Brandon is such a nut when it comes to the book of Romans. He seriously is. <laughs> you have no idea. And we read out of the NLT with our kids. That's what we do homeschool out of. We read as a family out of all of that. And we do it every single day. And we read just book by book by book over and over and over again with our kids. That's what we do. And every time we get to Romans, we kind of roll our eyes because we're used to him being like this. But he's like, nope, pull out the ESV. Here we go. And he like goes into this speech with us all the time. So yeah. it's funny hearing him try to like cautiously and kindly explain it to you all. Because I'm like, here he goes. Say NLT. (laughs) He loves it. He just gets really amped up in the ESV about it. And there's a certain recording of John Piper, and he recites it out of ESV, and Brandon gets worked up, and he cries, and it's a whole ordeal. All right, I know. (laughs) It's cute. Look at you. Hey, it's a whole thing, dude. Ten he, years ago, I never thought we'd be here, so I will happily yeah, take you. John, I mean, the Bible. this is one of those books that John Piper has memorized by, like, he, uh, memorized exactly. Yeah. he can get, he can preach this without a Bible. It's so amazing. Cool. And then, Brandon's like squad goals. Yeah, it is totally. Um, 
and I love the way that he preaches the Romans. I do. Um, but let's go ahead and start in verse one. This letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and set out to preach his good news. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets and the Holy Scriptures. I should note that this is one of Paul's longest entries. Like <laughs> his intro. His intro. You want to teach your kids how to write an introduction paragraph in an essay or something? Give them mm-hmm. the letters from Paul. Yeah, but it actually does a great job. Seriously, yeah. I mean, he kind of takes care of the whole thing here in his intro. I don't, there's not really a whole lot you need. All right, verse 3. The good news is about his son and his earthly life. He was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell the Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them, so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. And you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. I'm writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his own holy people. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. See, that was like seven verses of saying, hello. <laughs> hey guys. I'm Paul. I wish you well on the Lord. All right, verse eight. But I mean, good night. You know, you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. The promises and everything were given to the Jews, and we as Gentiles here grafted in. Um, well, let's just continue reading, because we'll, we'll get there eventually. Verse 8. Let me say first that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. God knows how often I pray for you. Day and night I bring your needs in prayer to God, whom I serve with my heart, by spreading the good news about his son. One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to visit you, but I was prevented until now. I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit, just as I have seen among other Gentiles. For I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and uneducated alike. So I am eager to come to you in Rome too, to preach the good news. I like how the NLT right here did this, the sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the mm-hmm. uneducated, or to the educated and uneducated alike. Um, because that's where, that's a verse that like, people get slipped up and they try to... Um, apply to things that just don't apply so that's a that's a great translation there um obviously you could tell paul is kind of pushy he's like hey i want to see that you guys are like doing things. i want to come and get excited by your faith i want to grow this thing here and i want to go um over to spain and, and go from there 
right, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. That's an important statement right there. The Jew first and then and also the Gentile. Do not think that God has forgot the Jew. Verse 17. The good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Salvation by faith, not by works. But we can see that there's spiritual fruit that accompanies a life of salvation. Which is that example we give all the time. If Brandon claims to be a wonderful, loving husband, but yet in his life that he lives out, he is abusive, he cheats on me, right. treats us horribly, kicks the dog, you'd be like, no, you're a liar. You're not a right. great, wonderful, loving husband because I can see all the horrible things that you do. So if you truly are a follower of Christ and you've given your life to this, it's not that you are doing these works to earn your salvation. You're doing them because of your salvation. Right. The other thing that I want to point out here in verse 17, this good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. Yep. Okay. You have to understand makes us right in his sight that doesn't mean that we're right in his whole yet and this yeah. is really important you see how important this the sacrifice was the good news this is that jesus christ was that sacrifice what was able to change how god views you mm -hmm. now you're sealed with the spirit and you're an acceptable sac you're acceptable to god as whereas before, you were destined for death. You will die this day, that day, if you eat of that fruit. Yeah. But the good news is that now it's fixed. But it, it makes us right in his sight. We're not right in whole. It's only in his sight. And he sees us because he sees the spirit. That's how important this is. Otherwise, we're destined to death. And all of this is accomplished by faith. That a righteous person has life. Not an unrighteous person. Because yeah. he continues on here. In verse 18, if you're unrighteous, it doesn't matter. The sacrifice will not be applied. Verse 18, but God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. That is such a huge verse. He is telling, yeah, I mean, that's, I don't even need to explain that. Ever people, ever since the world, ever since all this began, the earth, the sky, you want proof of God? It exists in everything that you can see. 
his can see his clearly his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Watch this. Yes, they knew God, but they would not worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. Okay, this is what the Israelites did. And this is a foreshadowing of every single human government from the beginning of time to the end of time. This is what always will happen. And this is what always does happen. I apply this to our every, even though we know God and we know who he is and we know what the Bible says, we continue to put these things in the back of our head and not live our lives out in reality. We go, oh, that's nice. Yeah, I know that. But um, I got, you know, stuff to do. So I'm going to do that. And then you get wrapped up in the cares and affairs of this world and begin to think up foolish ideas of what God is like. Oh, okay, so I'm just going to put God on everything that I do in this worldly life, you know, and live this worldly life, and it's okay. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they became utter fools. Instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. Okay, we don't have those types of idols anymore. This is the part that's outdated a little bit, but guess what type of idols that we do have? It's all around you. Anything that takes your eyes off of God or gives you some, some sense of pride other than the Lord, all of these things are an idol. Verse 24 is one of the most telling things. Look what it says here. As a nation, as a, as a country, as just a general people, these are the types of things that you do. Look what happens in 24. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshipped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and indulged, instead indulged with sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relationships with women, burned for lust with each other. For men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty that they deserved. Why do people say that homosexuality is not in the Bible? Yeah, It's not just homosexuality. It's all types of sexual immorality. But this is a tall tale sign to identify 
if your nation, if your culture is fail, if you are abandoned by God, this is the wrath of abandonment. What happens? What's the result of the wrath of abandonment? Sexual sin, idolatry. These are all results. And isn't that amazing Where do you that if I had this? to classify some like hot topic words to sum up the American culture? idolatry sexual Sexuality. sin like yeah. these are the the words you would use Absolutely. to identify our culture sure just uh um, but we want to scream god bless yeah but this but we can see that that's that's foolish so i say that these things these condition these things that we're dealing with now inside of the church this has become far out of your control because these types of sins don't get fixed by human yeah. hands. Yeah, you can't fix people's hearts. Because God has abandoned them, and you, do you know what that means? He's left. Bye. See ya. Just like the temple. Like, I'm not here anymore. Yeah, they can build a third temple right now. Yeah. God will not be dwelling He's in it. He's not there. They suffered within themselves a penalty that they deserved. Men did shameful things with other men. As they, I mean, these are that is why God abandoned them. Verse 28, since they thought it's foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. There again, there's the third time he meant, Paul mentions it. God abandoned them. To their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Sure, let them go. Have fun. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness. Sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malice behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand. They break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them. They... No, these things are not acceptable in God's sight. How does this not explain the excuse that Trump supporters, I said that I wasn't going to go here, but I did, have these Christian Trump supporters? How does that not explain them? Well, he doesn't need to be a choir boy. He's not a he's religious, not leader. A religious he's leader. He's not a religious leader. He's trying to be a president. Don't hold him up to that. This is talking about Christians, <laughs> not about their lives. This is a pastoral letter. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, hate, envy, murder, quarreling. He literally, like, melted down on Pelosi. And they, I mean, I would melt down on her, too. I, I can't stand her. But 
this is this this quarreling, and it's not just him. I mean, this is in our culture. It's not just political. This is this this is into our our everyday lives. Quarreling, deception, malice behavior, gossip. They're backstabbers. I've heard that word used a lot. Haters of God. I've heard people say that a lot. Insolent. Proud and boastful is our nation right now. They invent new ways of sinning and disobey their parents. They refuse to understand. They refuse. They think this is good. Break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. Heartless. What? I mean, if I could explain all of this away, I would explain this as just cold and heartless. Some of the things that are said, some of the things that are posted, some of oh, the people's attitudes, it's disgusting. Yeah. They know God's justice requires that all those who do these things deserve to die. You know that it's not okay. You know that this is what the Bible says. Yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them. So no, this isn't just about sexual sin. That's definitely a result of the abandonment of God. But so are all these other things that we're dealing with in our culture right now. I did not say these things and make these up. Paul wrote these words about 2,000 years ago. And he did not just write them to the church in Rome. He did not just write them for one time in one place. This applies every bit to us now as it did to them in the first century. So, people want a defense on these things? Take them right to Romans 1. Get past Paul's introduction and just get into the meat here when he just starts rolling. It's like a freight train just plowing through this. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that this was written to to Rome? Rome was huge. The cultures, the Greek culture, the Jewish culture. Where do you culture. think we got the ideas for the things in our culture from? Exactly. So much of it comes from this. We use this Roman exact. numerals. We have Greek names for everything. Look, I mean... The cultures are so The cultures similar. are still very prevalent in our society now. I mean, look at the Olympics. Look at look at all the these way we things structure that our the government and the, our systems, education. It's all off of this Greco-Roman, you know, this whole time period. It just all of this reflects to now. We'll continue on in in Romans here and see where else Paul goes here with this? I love this book. Hope you guys had a good time with this. It was a great suggestion. Um, I don't know how often we're going to put these out. We we're Heidi and I were talking, talking about, about it maybe Saturday. once a week. So I think that's probably about good timing. Saturdays for Romans, probably because we got a f you got a few new series you're working on. Yeah. So I was just kind of trying to space Saturday, them out. Yeah, that'd I probably think be that good. would work out well. Because you're also doing the Reform the Church yep. book study. Yep. And some a day, getting some back on day, track with that. Plus, Sunday, everything going on with the home church. And then some podcasts during the week. Yep. 
because y'all need more to listen to apparently so we'll just keep on yakking <laughs> hey i mean we get people that are telling us they just rail through our podcast like nothing so i I'm know like, so we'll do it we always felt bad we were putting too much out so then when people are like yes all the things well i know like, it okay. takes people time to catch up and that's so what i'm saying like stuff. you know so much goes out and then all of a sudden it'll just you know people catch up and it, i went to it. do something on my phone the other day and i pulled it up and i went to go find it and i like you know how you keep scrolling yeah. then it gets to the end you have to like click to load more and it was like 500 plus more i'm like good gr-. that's all our videos podcasts daily bible studies like all of those together but i'm like, so cool good with grief. That. we got a lot of stuff <laughs> it's all work for the lord absolutely and we have so much more that we're like in the works to put out. I think this is exactly what I always ever, well, what I wanted since the beginning, you know, and I never knew that I was going to actually have a platform to do it on. Yeah. We would talk about how I just wanted to sit around and talk to people about the Bible all yeah. day. That's what we always like, wanted to do. We had no one to do this do it day with. and night. And yeah. this is just what I want to do. And that's exactly the position that I find myself right in. Praise God. Right now. And uh, I think that was a wonderful gift. He said, okay, fine. You want to do this all day here? And uh, he gave us an opportunity. Here, let me n- get your wife to nudge you and force you to podcast. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to add to your Romans no, I here? I think that's it. But don't, um, don't, just look in, uh, I can, I'll give everybody, it, um, just email me if you want some Romans resources um, for contact. And if you have questions on any of these, just send them in and he will answer them on like the next weeks or get back to you before then you know whatever but feel free to ask questions um yeah definitely um you also can go to bibleref.com it's b-i-b-l-e-r-e-f.com and it literally breaks down every single book and every single verse and it gives you like a little commentary on what the verse means. So y'all can go and do some independent study on your own too and through that way. And that's actually through Got Questions. So they are a super solid uh, resource to use. Um, so that helps a lot too because a lot of times when you try to biblically defend things, people go, well, that's not what that means. That's not in context. That's He was talking about this. Well, Bible Ref Through Got Questions does a perfect job of making sure that you have the uh, correct application of the text. Well, let's break all this down. What does go, it okay, say? Okay, well, let's <laughs> see. What, it, what does it say? And they'll put the cultural references in there, too, you know, wherever that's needed or, or permitted, you know, wherever it's allowed. And they'll show you that. So I suggest anybody use that um, resource if you have if you have availability for it. It's free online. You just have to. I don't think they have an app or anything on the phone yet. I think you actually have to go go to the the website or on your browser on your phone or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, I hope you all had a good time with it. But God bless. Have a good week.